Okay. Uh, good evening, everybody. This is uh, David Slash Asher. Uh, this is Front Row Perspective. Uh, it is. Uh, we have Michael and Will tonight. Hello. So tonight's big topic is cross-platform slash compatibility. This one, you're going to sit there and go like, that's not a big topic. That's a very straightforward. Oh, so, my sweet summer child. Oh, there, there's <laughs> stuff that goes in the background because the compatibility is much more broader of a topic. Of oh, the yeah. factor of like, how about bringing a, an older game to a newer console? How, That's always being done. <laughs> which is being done, but it's like, how can you make it compatible? And without completely trashing the game. Without completely trashing or rebuilding from scratch. Ah. Because there are some games, weirdly enough, that they decide to go that route, and they worked for it. Other of them? Not so much. <laughs> so, right, right. Uh, in this case, probably let's start off with cross compatibility because that's good. That is a big topic right now. Uh, yes, it is. In the factor is that with cross compatibility, uh, for years now we've had people clamoring for playing like PC, Xbox, PlayStation. Nintendo when possible. <laughs> which is which they are doing much better now, I think. Yes. Yeah, better than it was a few years ago for sure when everybody was, was like, No, if you want to play with my friends, you have to play in my sandbox. Yeah. Yeah. Um and this is kind of funny because like I've been seeing arguments popping up talking about PS five and Xbox One Scarlet or Xbox Scarlet saying, no, we don't want cross-compatibility, even though Sony's finally opening the doors. Which is weird. Really weird. It because, is. I don't know why they're backtracking. That sounds stupid. And, and most of the arguments that I've been seeing about no cross-platform mm -hmm. is because if I'm on my PlayStation, I can't friend the dude on Xbox. So why fucking bother? Mm-hmm. And my stance is there are already examples that allow you to do that. It's just going to be an in-game type rather than your friends list. Right. Because I can think of... Oh. Sorry. Yeah. That's my sister trying to call me. Oh, boy. Hold on. Okay. Well, that, that allows me to continue my thought from there. Hello? Oh. Hey. Yeah, I called because I was trying to get a hold. I was wondering if you knew about oh, the whole situation with with Nanny. Um, this will be edited out. Okay. So, continuing from my thought process, there is that there are at least two examples that I can name off the top of my head that have a good in-game example of handling uh, quotations, friending people. Uh, in game, that's cross platform. Mm -hmm. Probably the biggest one that we've talked about a lot because we play it and we're going to be playing it because of 5.1 is Final Fantasy 14 MMOs. Most MMOs have had friends list for in ever. Um, and I I remember. Literally, uh, Fantasy Star Universe, which was Xbox, PS2, and PC, you, uh, it was technically cross-platform. With, I believe, like, all three of them were cross-platform because you all played on the same servers. And you had a friends list. 14, even though it's just PC and PS4, you still had an in-game friends list. Um, as for the other game, Monster Hunter is the other one, because it uses what is called a guild card system. It's kind of like an in-game friends list already, but it, it has some different mechanics to it. Mm-hmm. 
because um, like the in-game, uh, the guild card system allows you to see stats about the other player, like full-on stats. Like this person's taken like 500 missions. They've used uh, great sword like 340 times, whereas like the other one are like some of the other weapons. Uh, he has gotten this monster so many times. He's captured this monster so many times. Uh, he's played a total of 200 hours on Monster Hunter. As well as in some Monster Hunter games, if you have somebody's guild card, you can use them as kind of a in as a kind of like gathering resource where you send uh, like you hire up hunters that are in your guild card list and they'll go out and gather stuff for you. And so the better the hunter they are, the more they start uh, getting you better goods in Monster Hunter. So it, it works a little bit more to Monster Hunter's playstyle than Final Fantasy's, where it's like literally you just played with this guy and now you can just private message them. Which uh, private messaging 14 has gotten a little weird, but that's a that's a different topic. Yeah, that's more. I mean, that's more has to do with you know just cross server, which is understandable under the circumstances. Yeah, um, but it, cross platform, and this is from my perspective. Like, literally, we've seen instances that there's really nothing other than uh, like the companies that own the consoles, like Sony. That are just basically saying, no, I don't want to play nice with anybody else. You have to have your own servers that are dedicated for us. Um, admittedly, I've seen some reasons as to why Sony did that. And that is dealing with uh, Sony's security, which is... That could be a topic in and of itself. But... Uh, Literally, it's like Sony has not really elaborated as to the status, uh, the like why they don't like cross platform. Admittedly, since they're under new management, and the new management's like, hey, cross platform is actually a okay. We'll think, and, and literally, there's like, we'll, we'll try and get uh, a lot more games that are cross platform up and going. And try and make sure that PS5 is cross-platform automatically. Like, they, you won't have to wait years for it to happen. It'll just be like, oh, hey, the games automatically are cross-platform because they're designed that way. But now there's people out there that are like, we, we've been so isolated in our own little tribes that why have cross-platform anymore? So. And honestly, I I understand that, but at the same time, I disagree with it. The reason I say that is because on the one hand, yes, sure, I get it. We, are, we have become more tribal in the, it, I mean, even versus the old days, and we talked about this a little bit on the Console Wars episode, but even on the old days, of Nintendo v Sega, there was still a degree of, well, you know, if I go over to your house, you come over to my house, we play together on whatever console is at that house. Um, conversely, I, I, and I still, I still feel like there should be a degree of, you know, well, my friend is this, your friend is that. And at the end of the day, we should still be able to play together. Like, I, it's weird to me that you have, a scenario where you have where you have such a degree of tribalism that there's no even interest in playing together anymore. It's really weird to me. Yeah, that's the first time I've ever heard of anything like that. To be honest, because for as long as we've wanted, we've always wanted cross-platforming, and it just makes things. Sorry, that was easier. my whole rant on that. Yeah, no problem. No, yeah. no, that makes sense because that's. I mean, I had you know that was pretty much what I was going to say. It's just that. I don't know why. I think it's just the the sign of the times that tribalism is just a thing now. So people just now. Asher, I'm still here. Okay, sorry, I just went silent. I was confused. 
I think he was allowing me to talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, we're just so, it, it, as a culture, I think we're all stuck in a tribalism type feel. So now, now that it's rolled into gaming, and, and instead of just being like, we want to play together, because that's always been the gamer way. It's like, we want more people so that we can play together. Even if it's not on the same system, we can all play together. Mm-hmm. But to hear now that we have people that want to split from that, and we're like, you know what? We don't want it now because we're just fine with the people we have now. That just, I feel like that's a, a huge step back. And I don't think that we should actually follow that trend. And just, we need to, we need to start making, and I don't think it's really much of a system issue. I think it's just a game issue where the game itself is not allowing it to um, to be cross-platform with everything. Yeah. And I'm, so, I mean, it's it's got to be done at the publisher level to make sure that the games are cross-platform and can work together uh, with the... Uh, they, I mean, it is more difficult to do, but, you know, you need everybody kind of on the same page and back to play together. Otherwise, we're just going to continually split like this. And I don't like the like that we're going in that direction agreed and and really me coming from a certain uh, perspective like even though we don't like this game um i still respect it uh fortnite is the factor that like if you've been paying attention there was an incident like several moons ago where Several? several moons like this was back in 2018 essentially I think it was early 2018, where basically people were playing Fortnite, and the people in the match were going like, this is weird. And one of the guys finally noticed it because the guy playing was on PlayStation, looks over to uh, one of the, uh, one of the people playing uh, that he was playing against, and goes like, how the f- did you get a space in your name? Because on PlayStation Network, you're not allowed uh, certain characters. Mm-hmm. Right, which is a space, and the guy responds with, "What the hell are you talking about? I'm like, we've always had this." The guy was fighting against was on Xbox, oh, and literally somebody screwed up because it was a simple enable feature on the back end, and uh, somebody did not like that. Actually, it was either PUBG. It was, it was either Fortnite or PUBG that this happened with. I don't recall what, but I know it was one of the battle royale games. Mm-hmm. But it literally went down like that, and as such, from a from like a game developer's side of things, setting up a server to be cross-platform is just locational data, positional. And basically, find and knowing what people have as the loadout, which that's already processed on the server side of things. You just need a server that knows how to handle like getting them together, and yeah, basically, like the whole cross-platform thing, at least was recently was more based off of the not not the actual console hardware but more of the actual console makers themselves so mm-hmm. it's like sony or uh microsoft microsoft thankfully took the stance of we don't care as as long as the as game long as, <laughs> as long as you bring us customers we're fine which is why uh, it like, should be what it should be <laughs> it which is why for the longest time, like Xbox players could play when it was still live, the Windows Live service, with PC players. And actually now uh, that you can play with Steam players. Um, because Windows Live is no more. They've just moved everything to Steam. Right. Um, Sony went more insular in... Uh, <clears throat> And nobody knows the true reasons except for the people behind it. So I'm not going to go into supposition or theories or anything like that, but just they 
they took this stance on it, and the, and they said like, Sony will only play with Sony. Uh, um, certain people did somehow get some leeway. Probably the biggest one is Square Enix with Final Fantasy. Excuse me. Because uh, Final Fantasy uh, 14 being on the PS3, uh, basically when they started to try and shut the doors, uh, Square Enix was like, no, this is already in place. You don't do this. If you do this, we will literally pull out. And basically they allowed Sony, uh, Sony allowed Squaresoft to continue with the cross-platform for Final Fantasy fourteen because technically it was already in place. Um, as for uh, other, the only, uh, but now the fact is it's like people are trying to play nice again. As my thoughts, th uh, like cross-platform brings solidarity to the to the gaming community because right now we're kind of under fire by a lot of people. <laughs> Right. I I hate to bring up the the one of the biggest topics, which is basically the the ire that we get by just being, oh, you play video games. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is uh, essentially just people going like, oh, you play video games? Oh. You're a dredge of society. I bet you have violent tendencies. Like, well, yes, I technically do have violent tendencies, but that was due to military service. That that's kind of one of the things that they look for in military service. Is a me, they look for somebody that's willing to take action, even if it's yeah, you know, like as long as it's controlled. But. uh no, it's like literally, it's like video games cause violence. Like, no, it does not. It doesn't. There's, absolute, there's absolutely no evidence that it does. So people are just being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, that's a topic for another day that we, of course, yes, played it for then. Yeah, that that one is currently on the docket. It it's one of the fairly large ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. But no, it, it's just hearing this talk about like I don't want it anymore is it's like it's a knife in the back because it's like hey wait, why why you we've been wanting this for so long why are you sabotaging a lot of people's efforts yeah because I, I would absolutely love to play some of the games that I like to play like Monster mm -hmm. Hunter with Which other people do, who play Monster do. Hunter. I you mean, like... <laughs> the, the PC crowd, well, is nice and all, but literally, it's just... Uh, some days, the PC crowd is absolutely dead. Whereas, like, the console crowd is like, oh, hey, yeah, we're still going fucking strong. Come on! Um, So it's like, sitting there going like... <clears throat> Uh, it, it just boggles my mind that people are just 100% Ill, like no cross uh, no cross platform because of I'm so uh, like either I'm so used to it not being there or because of the fact that like we've already got the idea in our head that we don't need it then I don't even uh, I don't even know where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. Um, Excuse me. My my thoughts where that might come from is people that literally just only had one console and just never, <clears throat> never, never strayed. Yeah. <laughs> but which which I I mean I've bounced around like I had Nintendo originally, then I switched to Sony. And then I bounced to Xbox for just one generation with the 360. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to PlayStation 3. And then I got Wii. And then I've been getting I've been getting PlayStation, Sony, and uh, Nintendo's every generation since the Wii and PS3. But 
I just haven't been doing Xbox other than PC. So that's still pretty significant. So I guess I just don't get it. Yeah, and even now, like, Microsoft is basically saying, like, hey, you don't need an Xbox anymore. You can use your Windows 10 computer. Just sign in with your Xbox Live account in the Windows Store on Windows 10. There's all your Xbox games, and you can play them on your PC. Right. So it's like, you don't even need to bother um, with getting an Xbox now. Um, but at the same time, I'm sitting there going, I'm like, it's like, they try and make a valid argument, which for some of them, it's a very, like, weak straw man argument with it's like, why bother now? It's like, well, no, we need it now. Right. We, we we've definitely had, need it now. We, we definitely need it now because we've argued and cajoled and raged and cried and just beat our fists against silent doors mm -hmm. to get this and now you're and now people are just saying stop it's not worth it don't do it don't do it and I'm like <laughs> which no. i don't understand i don't understand it either i mean like i i can see people doing it but I can't fully understand the reason why. Yeah, we were. We, it, I think it's just because people. It's it's that culture thing again. It's, it has to be, or it's just like people have just gotten so used to it because we've been struggling to have this ever since you know the days of uh, the very late days of the PS2 and and original Xbox all the way to the current gen is trying to just get everyone to be on the same platform. And it slowly, with a few games, started to work. But now it's starting to become a reality, and everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> uh, I, I, I still do not understand the, the idea that we can't have everyone playing together. I just don't get it. <clears throat> well, it, at this point, I, I think we've all basically mentioned everything about cross-platform so right right so i guess we should jump onto the other section okay which is compatibility. compatibility compatibility this one is going to be probably the much bigger thing because cross uh, one thing about cross-platform is compatibility it's a thing it's a thing um <laughs> but in this case we're taking a much broader look at compatibility is like, why is like, because like I know some people are gonna look at it like, well, is it feasible? It can we have a cross-platform and is it compatible with gaming? It's like it's one hundred percent compatible. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, as for like, has it been done? <sighs> I literally listed Fantasy Star Universe, which was PC, PS two. And 360. It's been done. Wait, Fantasy Star Universe? Uh, Fantasy Star Universe was Dreamcast, I thought. Oh, no, that's PSO, sorry. You're thinking of Fantasy Star Online. Yeah. P oh, okay. Fantasy Star Universe was the successor to it. A horrible... uh, also, <laughs> also in that same generation was uh, Final Fantasy XI, which was also Xbox, PS2, PS3... And I think 360, yeah, Xbox, Xbox 360, PS2, PS3, and PC. Yeah. And all so, of them. All of them. All the things. All the things. And so, it, literally, it's like, compatibility is not necessarily an issue with cross-platform. Uh, the compatibility that I'm going to be talking about is bringing back older games. This is kind of getting into the topic of games archiving um, and like reviving or, or bringing old games back for newer audiences. Kind of like how Nintendo's bringing, brought back Link's Awakening. Weirdly to pretty good acclaim. Yes, that is how you do a proper remake. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I think all three of us have the game and have played it. Uh, in my case, it is on the way. I will be playing it shortly. 
Ah, I okay. have played it, but I don't own a copy. It's on its way as well. I have a copy. I have played it. I have played, it. I have played the original. I have played the remake. Oh, yeah. I, I played the original. I own the DX version on Game Boy Color, so I've done the Color Dungeon, so that's not new. And uh, now I'll have this version. It's amazing. Uh, I played the DX version, so... Oh, just the DX version? Just just the DX version. All right, I mean, I'm not going to fault you for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It's one thing where it's like, okay, that's original hardware, essentially. Because right. you can play the DX version on a Game Boy. Yeah, but you um, just won't get the color. You just won't be able to do the color dungeon. Yeah. Um, like, touch the red one, and he's like, it's all green and gray. Which <laughs> one is that? Play. Which one's that? Um, whereas, like, the Link's Awakening... I, I I looked at it and like, okay, this is interesting. I'll look forward to it. I'm not sure how well it will do, but what they've done to it, not only have they kept the original feel, they've made it so that, like, A, people that never have played it, because Game Boy game, and... When yeah, back lot, in the day. Back in the day. When I was a kid. They've added some very nice uh, quality of life stuff in addition to expanding upon a few things and replacing one or two things. Uh, which, I, which, I mean, if it's all for the betterment of the game, then I really care. Yeah, considering that the one thing I could mention that was replaced, and this is at least from the DX version, mm -hmm. uh, you remember the Game Boy printer, right, Will? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course oh, I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you remember the terrible. fact that uh, Link's Awakening DX had a... Printer hut... option, yes. Yeah, the, the photo guy. Yeah. Uh, he has been replaced by Dompe. <laughs> and that uh, that feature that I mentioned about the, the Dungeon Maker. Right, the Dungeon Maker was pretty good, awesome addition. Yeah, and admittedly, like, I'm not going to talk about it, just don't talk about it. I can don't mention that uh, I really hope from that there is a lot more interest in a Zelda Maker game. Oh God, there is. A lot of people were actually disappointed that it wasn't more of that. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, like this brings into some of the topics that I've been seeing lately. Is uh, I've been seeing people ask for some of the older DS games to be brought forward even if they're just an eShop game. Mm. Um some and like some people have been going like, hey bring it to the three DS eShop even though as a heads up it looks like Nintendo may be retiring a Nintendo three DS soon. Yeah, the Switch is just too good. Yeah, honestly it really is. So I have been seeing people that have taken that into account and request well, Nintendo games <laughs> they're like DS games on Switch. In totally the, possible. It, it's totally possible. But it, it's like I've seen people just say, like, hey, give it the Phoenix Wright treatment. Where uh, if, if you played any uh, like the Phoenix Wright remake for the Switch, um, it basically takes the Phoenix. Uh, I'm pretty sure it takes the Phoenix Wright engine from the one that was on the 3DS and then basically condenses it down so that you it, like you swap between like your inventory and the screen whereas instead of having two screens at once um but i have seen some people that it's like no we want to keep that like weird touchscreen feel to it and like how are you going to do that and then they it's like propose like holding the switch on the side and so you get two is, screens it's really weird and also that doesn't really help the people no. who are playing it as a console mode. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, as Ed, someone who loves that series very much and would love to see more of it on the Switch, um, I don't think that that would be a... <laughs> I, yeah. I was using uh, Finks Right because it's the most notable of all the right. DS games. <laughs> Plus, you're talking to the judge here, so I know... 
<laughs> but uh, one, uh, but like I've been seeing some people request uh, like remakes of some of the more notable games, uh, other than Phoenix Light, like the Light. Phoenix Wright. Phoenix Wright. Wright. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. I've kind of got something going <laughs> on my throat lately. Uh, okay, so, well, I'll let you know this time. I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm probably mispronounced <laughs> it because like, it's weird all right, stuff. All right. But uh, I've seen people ask for like Hotel Dusk or um, like the Phantom Hourglass or uh, fa- uh, or Spirit Tracks to come to the Switch. I'm like, ah. one of the very few games I have not touched. That's actually good. Uh, well, I have played both of them, and some of them do have good points, and some of them do have bad points. Mm. Uh, both games do. Yeah, it's. I literally look at it and go like, I, I don't. I feel like Nintendo, if they were going to try and do Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks, it would have to get the uh, Link's Awakening treatment. They would have to do it from the ground up. because Which, which for our end of the equation, isn't terrible because we got a really good game out of that, but... Right, we don't want all... We just don't want an entire like season of games being released that are nothing but just remakes that's what we're kind of afraid of yeah we like to have the occasional remake we just don't want every fucking game coming out to be that because <laughs> we want some original shit as well as our nostalgia yeah and it and that's the thing is like compatibility it's like like how compatible it is is just to port something over cuz i know uh, this is dealing with like the next generation of consoles is is it going to be backwards compatible? Um, Sony has actually stated that they are going to be making the PS5 backwards compatible with PS4. However, never. this is a big however, they have not made any comments about any of the previous consoles. So, no clue about three, no clue about two, and no clue about one. Admitted, uh, from my perspective, they could easily emulate one. Literally. The PS2 and the PS3 are backwards compatible to one, of all things. Right. Two, um, technically we have seen PS2 games on the PS4. Because they tried well, starting dig- in digital version, yes, digital version, which, from what I understand of it, was a slight conversion to the rendering. Um, admittedly, the PS3, the way it did PS2 games, was literally just a freaking PS2 motherboard in the thing. So, are we just talking like, like it's just an emulation? Is that what you're basically saying? Basically, like some, uh, like people have homebrewed. Um, these are unofficial, and mm-hmm. I don't actively condone this. Mm-hmm. But people have homebrewed PS4s to have an emulator for PS2s because it's that powerful. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Um, admittedly, some people took a look at it and tried to homebrew on the PS3, but due to some hardware limitations, it's not quite there. It's not quite workable on a PS3. PS4, yes. And if we're to believe the stats that Sony's been releasing about the PS5, yeah, they should be able to emulate the PS2. PS3, um... From what I've seen, at least on the emulator side, uh, PS3 has now hit emulator, uh, like now has an emulator that is actually running fairly stable, and should be able to be kind of officially done and be able to run on a PS5. But this is for Sony talking about 
And uh, I know that some people are like, why make it compatible? Why not just sign up for PlayStation Now? Because it has all the library. No, it doesn't. Because the games, the games I want for quotations, the streaming games that they have for PlayStation Now, they're not on there. Nope. I have. And you like some weird games. I <laughs> literally, it's like I, I would expect them to have at least some of the bigger names, like near. Far. Uh, Wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know. Thank you for finishing that. Button. He wasn't <laughs> gonna do it. He wasn't gonna do it. <laughs> of course not. Someone but, had to. Um, no, we get we, we totally get your idea. Yeah, there are some games out there that they don't have. They just think they just grab what they think is popular or has a very strong niche. So they don't emulate those, but they forget that there is a group that actually wants to play those games. And it gets left out of the dust. Yeah. Um, whereas Xbox, oh my god, Xbox, barring hardware restrictions, <clears throat> of course, uh, the latest version of Xbox One X is completely compatible with an Xbox game and 360. Uh, and I know some people in the audience are probably going to be like, but not all games are compatible. They release compatible games every so, uh, like a list of newly compatible games. Uh, every so often. Every so often. Uh, I had to break it to you, but that list is more of official compatible games. So in other words, it's not that they were going through and patching the software every so often to add to the list, but rather that they're going through and testing uh, the actual physical capabilities every so often they, with they, a different list. Yeah, and uh, somebody's going to go like, but if I stick in this game that's not compatible, my Xbox One X won't play this game. I'm like, well, did uh, here, here's the thing that Xbox has mentioned. Um, and it's actually more meant for devs if they really want to do it. Because... It's a way for devs to compare the original ver to the new one is the fact that if you enable developer mode, it literally unlocks the console to play all Xbox games. Whoops! No, they Microsoft has actually published this. I know, it's funny though. So intentionally. It, yeah. they, they've intentionally stated that technically the list that they publish is a list of 100% have made sure and uh, compared that these games are safe to play on the console. But unlocking dev mode basically just says, oh, hey, don't check the official list. Just check uh, check to see if the game runs. And given the way the Xbox architecture has been since day one, I don't see, no, uh, I don't see why the lists aren't super long. Well, and actually, ironically, so I know that last time I checked this list, I was very disappointed. Uh, since we started talking about this, I'm actually going through the um, backwards compatibility list for what's compatible. And every single, I haven't checked every single one, but almost every single one. Nope, never mind. Every single one of my uh, 360 games is on the list now. Last oh, time wow. I checked, none of them were. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's and that's the thing, is that uh, the whole architecture behind the Xbox, this is kind of going to its history, is that Microsoft wanted a DirectX uh, machine that literally anybody could just use DirectX for making a game all in one box. Xbox. Dun -dun. Get it? DirectX. Xbox. Yep. And so they've continued with that in the fact that like the original Xbox was on Windows was literally a it runs Windows NT. Does it? I'm not joking. The original Xbox is a heavily modified Windows NT computer. <laughs> um Xbox I wonder if it had issues running. 
we're, we're, we're going to continue down. Uh, he's not the, wrong, though. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I'm not wrong. <laughs> um, the Xbox 360 was a Windows 7 machine. Which is why I still have my 360. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Me too. <laughs> uh, the Xbox One is technically Windows 8 slash Windows 10. Which is why, I don't, why we don't have that. <laughs> but I see the pattern here. <laughs> so, so, basically, so basically what we're saying is that they do the same pattern for OSs that they do for, for, uh, for consoles. Good, yeah. bad, good, bad. <laughs> yeah. So Scarlet should be good by that by that level. By that. So Scar- that. Scarlet should be good. Um, oh, I take back what I said earlier. Apparently, there is in fact one game. Oh, no. I'm not oh. seeing. I'm not seeing uh, my Katamari game on here. Oh, oh damn! They don't have. They don't have beautiful Katamari on here. Well, oh. nip, nip, nip. that's bad. That's <laughs> horrible. Now you have to go enable developer mode. I guess I would have to enable developer mode if I actually had one of these. Yeah. Right. But, like, literally, like, that, the whole list of, like, Xbox-compatible games, as I stated, barring hardware, because there's one game I'd love to get, but I can only play it on the original Xbox because of it requires one piece of hardware to play the game. A special controller. A special $200 controller. Oh my god. That doesn't have an adapter for it. No adapter. Not. Cannot do it. Nada. Um, well, that would be an opportunity for them. Make an yeah, adapter for that controller. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Considering that, like, and this is just coming from some of the things that have been seen lately, at least on the Microsoft store, is I, I know Michael may not get this joke but will you remember the jokes about like the original xbox controller being super huge oh no i remember i remember yeah uh, that original controller is uh, affectionately called the duke because (laughs) of reasons i'm sure and fair enough it weirdly enough it's actually fairly popular with more adult gamers because a big hands (laughs) And the fact that the controller was actually more robust that, like, literally people with big, gropey gropey paws. (laughs) Big, gropey hands. (laughs) Big, gropey (laughs) I was trying to say paws, but... Where you're going with this, I'm not sure if I can follow you. (laughs) I don't think you want to follow me down this one. No, I think you... Probably not. But close this door. uh, (laughs) uh, Like... Adults found the Duke a lot more comfortable than some controllers that were around at the time because, like, I literally picked up a uh, like uh, a friend of mine had a Super Nintendo controller, mm-hmm. and it's like I pick it up and like I put my hand around it, and I'm going like, "Holy crap! This was this this feels tiny now." Yeah, nowadays I can literally link my fingers behind the controller. Yeah. In fact, you pretty much have to. Kind of have to. <laughs> and same with the same with the Ghetto NES. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and that was the thing is like literally it's like growing up that was like a big thing. It's like oh my hand it's big. Nowadays it's like holy crap. <laughs> I. I my hand. I mean, come on! You could still, you could still, if you still, if you hit a hit someone in the head with the classic Xbox controller, they're down for the count at a minimum. Oh, you oh maybe twenty yeah. to life. Yeah. yeah, but and the thing is that like Microsoft has actually started redoing the Duke as a wired controller. On you can buy a reproduction of the Duke. The Duke for use with Xbox and PC. As a wired controller. And every time that I've sneaked on uh, Microsoft's site, because I have an Xbox controller for my PC, because I've been looking at the uh, rechargeable batteries, uh, I usually do see it's like limited stock or out of stock. 
every time. Mm. And as far as I know, this reproduction is not available, at least officially, through other channels. I mean, like, technically you could go on Amazon and find somebody reselling it. But that's that that's technically a third party seller. That's not from Amazon. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. Amazon wouldn't be caught dead with that. <laughs> Amazon would rather sell you an Xbox One or Xbox One Elite rather than sell you the Duke. Of course. Um and that that's probably another thing is that I, compatibility wise, I've been seeing people go on and on about like what controllers feel the best and compat uh, like compatibility with games. It's like, yeah, as I just mentioned, I have an Xbox One controller for my computer. I have a sneaking suspicion that Will has a different controller than I. Do this is a sneaking. I use, I use a... I use a PS4. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I know this is because of the fact that uh, uh, you used a different controller <laughs> when we were living together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <You> remember. <laughs> it, it's a fact that it's like, I, it, like I, I'm okay with the PlayStation controller, but I don't know why, but I like the layout of the Xbox controller. It feels okay in my hands. Admittedly, like, looking back on it now, is that it's like, everybody has their own kind of preferences and comforts for controller types. Because, mm -hmm. uh, let's see, Nintendo, uh, like, Nintendo's Pro Controllers are set up kind of weirdly. Like initially, where it was like similar to a PlayStation, and now they've moved on to like an Xbox type configuration. I think. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, PlayStation has always been the same. Yeah. Sure. Oh, although I have I I have a PS2 controller that I absolutely love. But the problem is the make of it is a little junky, and I probably would like to look at, uh, like, go out and then look for something to replace a part of it because the way this PS2 controller worked was you have like the two joysticks, the D-pad, and then the uh, the face buttons. There are all these little tiny canisters you can pop out and swap around. Right. So you can literally have the face buttons on the left hand and then the D-pad on the right, and it will actually recognize that as those. Hmm. Um, the problem is that the uh, buttons, uh, the rubber or silicon for the buttons uh, wears horribly, so one controller, literally, I mashed the X button to death. Like it literally, monster. literally, like I, if I can pull it apart and then replace that little tiny cap there, mm -hmm. I could probably put it back together and then have the controller working again perfectly fine. Right. But it, it's a PS2 controller nowadays. And so why not just use, uh, like buy like a $10 remake? on some site. Well, reasons. But, uh, I've been seeing people make adapters to use literally a Nintendo Pro Controller for a PS4. It's just... Lowe's knows you do it right by finding the best deals on Pink State. We do it... We're hearing an awfully loud, loud com uh, commercial. I'm not sure what happened there. Don't know. But, uh... Yeah, it, people are now doing like, I want a controller that I like, but I want it on a platform that I like. So it's like, it, it, it's now like 
people are trying to make compa like multi-platform compatible controllers. Which is interesting uh, because obviously, like you said, there are multiple, like I, I've always preferred the PlayStation controller layout. Mm -hmm. I just, that the PlayStation controller to me just feels more natural. And like, I have like my Xbox 360 around here somewhere and the controller for it. When I, when I every so often plug it in and you know, I'm like, mm, I'm going to go play this old game that I haven't played in forever. It just feels weird to me. Or like when I'm playing on my, switch and i've got that controller it feels fairly natural except for the fact that my buttons feel inverted because i'm used to i'm used to x which for everything which is in the b position and i'm used to circle for everything which is now in the a position so everything feels reversed yeah and then there's of course like i'm literally uh i've got like a pair of controllers that i bought for my switch just because like i like the feel of them a little bit better when it's in handheld mode. And I literally take a look at an Xbox setup. It's like, X on a Switch is the top button. Whereas yep. it, on an Xbox, it's the leftmost button. And on a PlayStation, it's the bottom button. It's the bottom button. Um, PlayStation ha uses symbols, whereas literally uh, Microsoft and Nintendo, Nintendo are like, both use letters. Use letters. The so same four impact. The same yeah. four. A B X Y. The yeah. only console that I know of Even that had ours. <laughs> yep. Um admittedly, uh Xbox uses uh left bumper and right uh left bumper and left trigger for the two shoulder buttons. Where Sony uses L one and R L two. And Nintendo uses R L and R L and R and then Z R Z L. Yeah. Um the only other console that I know that has more uh, uh the original Xbox, the Duke, or at least the first uh, the original Xbox had two more buttons. Uh that they mapped out to be the bumpers instead. Uh, come the 360, and that is the white and black button. Um, Sega had the A, uh, the C, and Z buttons on, I believe, the Dreamcast and no, not Dreamcast. Uh, Genesis had the C. Genesis actually, classic suggests Sega also had the C. Uh, really? Yeah, both of those had the ABC. Oh. Uh, and I believe Saturn also had it as well. Probably. Uh, that's why I was trying to correct myself. Was like it was in Dreamcast. It was Saturn. Oh, by the way, by the way, uh, interesting side note mm -hmm. is that um, for those keeping track at home, the Stadia controller also mirrors the Xbox layout. Uh-huh. Uh, that I did. Uh, that I can confirm because I have seen quotations. The prototype. Which even then it was mirroring, uh, mirroring the Xbox layout, including. Well, I'm I'm literally at the Google store right now. Oh, <laughs> he's literally looking at it. <laughs> yeah, literally. I just remember it. Although it does have, uh, although it does have more buttons on the face of the controller, because instead of the traditional like select start style, it's got a total of four buttons there plus a home button in between the two sticks. Yep, basically, um, if I recall. Two of those buttons will be the start select. Uh, the very big center button, the one that like the Xbox uh, yeah. one would have, is basically the Stadia button. Which yeah, is the, the Stadia button. The Stadia button is the one located between the two sticks. Yeah, uh, Stadia button is going to be acting essentially like your Xbox button. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, and then the top two are going to be more. Uh, essentially, a screenshot and share to media button. Yeah, which makes sense given the layout, because one of them looks like a looks like a picture reticle, and the other one looks like a, a looks like a beacon with a circle next to it. Yeah. Um. Admittedly, they have stated that those will be mutable, but those are going to be the kind of stock programmed for those buttons. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then there's going to be a sync button. I believe the sync button is actually going to be under the controller. Oh, actually, maybe not. Oh. Uh, I'm looking at the tech specs, and it's saying that one of the buttons is a Google Assistant button. What? Okay, I could definitely see that. I don't know why they need that. So, yeah, it says Google Assistant button, uh, microphone built into controller, and then also a capture button. Ah, so they're doubling up on one of those buttons. <laughs> yeah, there's one button, which is quick access to image and video capture. Okay. Mm. So, basically, you either tap the button... And depending on how you set it up, we'll either do a screenshot or start, like, recording. Or make call a menu, like, with the PS4 with the share button. Yeah. Um, but that that's... And, and that's another thing, is, like... Stadia. Oh, my God. E- even though I'm... We're not going to go too deep into Stadia at this moment... That is going to be probably the biggest thing I could probably mention about compatibility right now. Yeah. Is that the way that they want Stadia to come across as is that you no longer are limited by what you have, a.k.a. what's required of your computer to play games. Uh, Yeah. Let's see here. I'm going to open up my Steam... And I'm going to go to Monster Hunter World. Store page. Please ignore these sounds. Please don't start. Please don't start. Please don't start. Click, 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 click. All of a sudden, the ad starts playing. Yeah, okay. Stop it in time. Okay, here we go. System requirements. So, this is something that any person that uses Steam... Or any uh, like, there will be similar things on Epic, Origin, UPlay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, All the for, things for PC players. These are system requirements. These are generally the minimum and recommended settings to in order to play the game properly. So, for the minimum requirements for Monster Hunter World. It requires at least a 64-bit processor and operating system. Usually, it's recommending Windows. Minimum, 7. Mm. Uh, the processor on Intel Core i5-4460, uh, 32.0 gigahertz, or an AMD FX6300, which is roughly about the same. Uh, at least 8 gigabytes of RAM. For graphics card, it's recommending a GTX 760, which I don't think they've ever, uh, which they've stopped producing a while ago, or an AMD Radeon R7, uh, 260x, basically two gigabyte graphics cards. Uh, DirectX version 11 network, broadband internet connection, space, 30 gigabytes, a sound card. Uh, direct sound, anything that's DirectX 9C. Here. Yep. Uh, basically, it mentions additional notes. 1080p, 30fps when graphics settings are set to low. Um, and then here, uh, <laughs> like, I'll read off the differences that between the two. Uh, for recommended, it requires uh, an i7... 3770, 3.4 gigahertz, uh, which is an older model of i7, or an iCore i3, 803050, 4 gigahertz, which is like the latest iCore 3 that you can get. And they recommend an AMD Ryzen 5 1500X, which is actually not a bad processor. Um, for graphics card, a GTX 1060, minimum of 3 gigabytes of VRAM, or an AMD Ryzen RX 570 with a VRAM of 4 gigabytes. Everything else is just roughly the same. Um, with Google Stadia, your requirements are basically going to be broadband interconnection, 
and a Google-compatible computer or device. Okay. Because literally they want people to literally play Google Stadia through a Chromecast or, or a Chromebook or a like through a Sony TV through the Stadia app on it. As long as you have an interconnection, the correct hardware, and an account, welcome to Stadia. Yeah. I think we're still too young for that stuff. Admittedly, uh, my thoughts on it is whatever happens with Stadia, it will be a good case and they're uh, basically will get information out of it on how to improve said type of system and get to work on it. It's a second generation experiment on how streaming services can work. Yes. Although I did see something interesting just now. Apparently Stadia is reconsidering their subs model because apparently they are planning on having uh, a tiered system where there's a free membership that you basically you have it and then you just have to buy the games and then there's going to be a paid version which does some of the like games with Xbox type thing where you'll get perks for being for paying for that tier. Yeah. So, and that that's the thing that like people have been wondering about it and next month is when Stadia is going to be opening its technical doors to start up the early access beta yeah next month is when the uh premiere is supposed to start to take effect with uh the base version the uh, the free version uh they're they're talking about next year yeah the free version is not until next year uh if you sign up uh even the basic paid one uh, paid one uh you'll be able to access it next month Mm-hmm. But uh, my thoughts is I'm going to hold off. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see I want to see how the experiment goes before I decide to dump cash on it, because I'm not at this point. At, at this point, it feels like I'm, I'd be setting fire to money. Uh, the other things that I've read about it is that uh, this is kind of getting a little off topic but just mention it offhand for people that are interested um the paid versions will allow you to be, do like 1080p or 4k versions of the games mm -hmm. the free version will lock it to 720p actually um they or have they changed that yeah they've changed it so now uh free will go up to 1080 but 4k uh, does require for uh the paid Okay, that that's a little bit better, but I'm that's not enough to convince me. Yeah, no. Uh, the other thing, um, apparently, base uh, locks it says basic stereo, still not terrible. Versus, if you want surround sound, you have to go up to the biggest. The biggest perk is going to be the free games and uh, discounts uh, for exit for sales. Yeah, or what they're that's pretty much what they're touting, which is the same concept as what you get if you have PS Plus or Xbox Gold. Yeah. Or if you subscribe to Humble Bundle. Yeah. Because that's a thing. But I, I mean, like, I, the whole... Honestly, honestly, their launch their launch effort for trying to get people on Pro is their, uh, their launch, uh, their first uh, free game is going to be Destiny 2 Full Collection. So, which is... Not a terrible deal if it works out. Yeah. But is it going to work out is the question. And that's the thing is that, like, that I know there are people that are going to be early adopters. They're going to want this to work. Mm -hmm. fully, I fully encourage those people who are raring to be an early adopter, like, do it. Man, just... No one's going to prevent you. No one's going to stop you. I am fully encouraged. And, like, if you want to do it, Go. Do. Help. For those of us that's like, I will sit back and wait, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it, but I'm not going to just 
dive headfirst into it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yeah. Um, just my thoughts on the whole streaming, game streaming. It's like, it's been done. It kind of failed. Now that we have a little bit more infrastructure, uh, I will see what it does, but I don't have high hopes because the infrastructure is still not good enough. Um, but uh, I, I think we've gotten at least a, a good chunk of compatibility. Like, because literally, compatibility is probably one of the biggest things in gaming, at least trying to get people to try something. Because trying to get somebody who's used to a PlayStation controller, as we, we've just heard, <laughs> to try an Xbox, it'll feel weird. And mm -hmm. it will take time. Or, like, somebody who's a console gamer trying to get into PC gaming and then looking at these like minimum and recommended uh, settings, they're not going to like, why can't like, I know some people that literally look at that and go like, Oh my God, that's way too much information versus me where it's like, okay, what the hell can I get away with? Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is the bare minimum I can get away with? Because... Although that discussion um, at the risk of going into yet another topic that we can maybe take on another day kind of goes back to the old um the old pc versus mac of the early aughts of well so i built it this way to do this and this and i put this in it and i put this in it and i put this in it and having the mac person go i have grape <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah good times good times indeed my friends yeah but yeah it's one of those things of I think we've kind of gotten most of the compatibility topic out. Um, Did we? Eh, at least a good chunk of it. Good. Um, good. Good. As for uh, next topic, uh, I don't think we've figured that one out yet. We have a whole list of possibilities and. Given the fact that we've already established that these may not necessarily go up in chronological order, it might yeah. not be safe for us to say what the next topic is until we actually are on the topic. Yeah. So, uh, in this case, keep an eye and, and slash ear out for the next podcast. Um, they are well slow and coming. They are coming. So yes, they are. <laughs> uh, but. As such, thanks for joining us in with Front Row Perspectives. Uh, this is David slash Asher. Uh, thanks for joining, Michael, Will. Yep. And, of course. Uh, keep uh, keep an eye out on the uh, platforms. I, I know these podcasts will be on SoundCloud, but they will trickle their way out to other platforms, especially Apple Podcasts. So, all right. Later, everybody. Bye. Bye.